Hi folks, I'm Greg Boyd, uh, Senior Pastor of Woodland Hills Church, the guy that you normally listen to when you uh, download sermons. You may not recognize me because I'm getting better looking by the minute. I haven't cut my hair for over five months and uh, I must say it's looking pretty groovy, don't you think? I don't know. But that's not what I want to talk about. Uh, five years ago, actually it was about six years ago, we coined a word. We're trying to describe people who podcast uh, and who are part of Woodland Hills Church and impacted by Woodland Hills Church. Uh, but they're not parishioners. And so we decided to call them podrishioners. They podcast. Now that word has caught on. It's, it's been so commonly used now, it's being so commonly used, that I'm told that it's been nominated to be incorporated into Webster's Dictionary as uh, an official part of the English language. And if that happens, we'll be like uh, one of the first churches ever to have invented a word. How cool is that? You know God is moving in powerful ways when a church invents a word. And now you're part of that. Hallelujah, praise God. But that's not what I want to talk about either. Here's what I want to talk about. If you are impacted by the ministry of Woodland Hills Church, I'd like to encourage you to help support the ministry of Woodland Hills Church. Last year we began what we call a sustain campaign. And uh, it's a campaign designed specifically for podrishioners uh, to encourage them to help sustain the ministries of Woodland Hills Church. So everything you give uh, goes to help us make available our podcast for free, but it also goes to all the other cool and real Christ-glorifying ministries that, that we're in, involved in. So I want to encourage you to join Sustain, be a part of that. There's two other reasons, though, why I'd like to encourage you to uh, join Sustain. First, we've got a, a generous group of parishioners who have pooled the resources together and have committed to giving $160 uh, for every person who joins the Sustain campaign. These are parishioners who want to encourage the podrishioners uh, to help sustain the ministry of Woodland Hills Church. So whatever you give, regardless of the amount, they're going to donate $160. So if you pledge, say, $10 a month, that normally would be uh, come out to $120 for the year, but now it'll be $280, if my math is right. So whatever you give, you're giving more than you give. Secondly, and this, I admit, it's a little bit cheesy, but sometimes cheesy is good. Uh, we've designed a t-shirt just for podrishioners that we'd like to give you as a way of saying thanks. Regardless of what you donate, however much, however little, you get a t-shirt. And uh, it's just our way of saying thanks. But most of all, we want you to know that we, we seriously consider it an honor uh, to be partnering with you to advance God's kingdom. So thanks for uh, podcasting. Keep tuning in, and God bless you. Thanks so much for being here. Come out to the hub if you have any questions. Hey, before Greg gets up here, will you turn off your cell phone so it doesn't distract him? Greg, hi. Thank you, Greg. Good morning, Woodland Hills. No, I did not get a haircut. I know it looks like I did. I just this morning had, it was impossible to control, so I just put a lot of goo on it and gooed it back. I'm serious, this is my do. So get that question out of the way. After tomorrow, I, 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 this won't be an issue. I'll be uh, doing that movie shooting tomorrow and the next day. So I'll be cleaned up after that. So, Hey, let me just say, I, uh, Norm has been such, such a tremendous gift to this church. Amen. And uh, he's just been a brother. Uh, not just a gift to the church, a gift to me. And uh, amen. 17 years. Amen. He's just been... <laughs> amen. And I, I have, uh, just beyond his musical genius, and I mean genius, I've never seen a musical mind like his, but beyond the gift that he has musically and what he's done with our worship team, I mean, it's just been fantastic. Just that Jesus be a fence. I, you know, that, 
to put together a team that does music like that is just amazing. But beyond that, uh, he's been a gift to me personally. I've learned so much from him, walking, walking with him this, these last 17 years. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of, it's been a long, twisting road, and it's been beautiful. God's used it in amazing ways. We just pray breath blessing on him. I thank him for uh, staying around for another three months to transition the team um, and to turn it over to them. But praise God for him. Praise God for him and keep him in prayer as he seeks God's will for this next stage of his life. We are in Colossians doing the study of, of this book, and we're up to chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. These five verses have, as I, every time I go back to these five verses, something new is unlocked. I, I, and it's just, it's just, I'm seeing a beauty in these verses I've never seen before. Uh, so we're going to be hovering on this for a few weeks. Uh, we're never in a hurry around here. We want to we want to chew on stuff deeply. So Colossians chapter one. I'm entitling this message <clears throat> "The Squishing God" for reasons that I'm not even going to try to explain it now. You'll you'll see. Paul says, "Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, which is the church." I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. Not a watered-down version, in its fullness. And that fullness is the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. Interesting distinction he makes there between ages and generations. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But that is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Glorious riches of this mystery. Which is, here, here's the essence of it, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, Jesus, the hope of glory, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ Christ so powerfully works in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Last week we asked the question, we dealt with the question of why, what is this thing that is lacking in Christ's afflictions? And, and why is Paul so joyful and suffering to fill up these afflictions? And we saw there that, that there's, in terms of saving the world, there's nothing lacking in Christ's afflictions. He doesn't need help saving the world. But there is a deficiency, a lack uh, that the church is called to fill up, that each one of us individually are called to fill up. And uh, that's, about, that's about taking what Christ did on the cross and now spreading it throughout the world. Uh, it's about the mustard seed that's been planted with his death and resurrection and now growing to take over the entire garden. And we saw last week that, that God genuinely needs us to fill that role. Our lives, all kingdom work involves sacrifice. It all involves suffering to one degree or another, and sometimes it requires, as it did with Paul, your life. But Paul rejoices because this means that your life is significant. You take on eternal significance. It's not just that God loves you, which is super fantastic, but, but, but God uses us to grow the kingdom in this world. And we'll have the joy throughout eternity of seeing the ripple effects of every kingdom thing we've ever done. So Paul rejoices in his suffering. And this morning, I want to start exploring this, this concept that's at the center of this passage. Really, this, this message, I, I, I decided uh, yesterday morning that I'm going to cut it in half. And so this, is really, uh, this message today is uh, laying the groundwork for, for next week. 
Uh, but we're going to be exploring this concept of Christ in you, the hope of glory, and, and, and unpacking a little bit of the glorious riches uh, of, of this mystery that has now been revealed. I want to pray here for a moment. I, I uh, have asked Toke, uh, Toke, would you come up here? Uh, I just felt last week, in fact, I saw Toke and I immediately felt an impression that she was supposed to pray for this message here this morning. Uh, this is a woman who uh, I've been so blessed by. Toke, I love you <laughs> so much. Uh, and, and she's been, uh, she's one of our, our great prayer warriors. Uh, this woman prays for my family every day and for the church every day. And uh, I just thank God for it. She's been a tremendous blessing in my life. So we just pray for me and anoint this message? Pray with us. Is it on? Let us pray. Uh, <sighs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. We exalt you, Father. Yes. You are the awesome God. You are the God who never fails. Yes. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of glory, yes. for inhabiting the worship of we, your children. Yes, Lord. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Father, as you're moving us forward, Lord, for the word you have for us. Yes, Lord. Father, we surrender all to thee, Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask that you make us attentive in Jesus' name. Yes, Holy Spirit, we ask that you make our heart receptive in the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, open the doors of our heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, your word is alive. Your yes. word is yes and amen. amen. Father, you are promised, Lord, that just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, you will surround us with your love yes. and power. Amen. Father, be a fence Amen. around be us, offense. Lord. Be a fence. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we pray for your son, our pastor, Lord, that you will empty him and fill him with your spirit. Amen. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will anoint every word that will come out of his mouth with your authority, yes, with your anointing, yes, with Lord. your love, with yes, your Lord. power. Yes, Let it go forth, Lord, yes, and bring healing in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Where healing is needed. Let it bring peace where there is anxiety, yes. Lord. Yes. Father, let it bring clarity where there is confusion in mm, Jesus' amen, name. Amen. Father, we pray for salvation, Lord, for those souls that are still longing to know you. Father, may you touch them today in Jesus' Lord, name. Lord. Father, you are a God of mercy. We're here to meet with you, Lord. Yes, Father, Lord. come and meet with us in Jesus', in name. Jesus name. Father, infuse in your word, Lord, that anointing that will stay in us. Father, to grow more in you. The anointing that will stay in us, Lord, to build a deeper relationship with you. Yes, the anointing that will stay in us, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Heavenly Father, you can do it, Lord. Amen. You've done it Amen. before. Heavenly Father, come and do it again yes, in Lord. Jesus' yes, name. Yes, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the authority you've given to us. Uh -huh. And now yes. as a body, body, the same body, body of believers, Lord, we collectively say to the assignments of Satan that those assignments are canceled by the blood of Amen. the Lamb in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. We command every distraction to be still in the name of Jesus. Amen. We command all spiritual attack to be gone in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. And we declare by the authority God Almighty is giving to us that 
permission is denied to the assignment of Satan in Jesus', in Jesus name. We declare permission denied in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Satan has no portion in our That's lives right. in Jesus' name. We are the children of the Most High. We are ready. We are hungry for God. We are ready for the word. Father, may you move, Lord. May you reign, O oh Lord, yes, Lord over your word in the Good name Lord. of Good Jesus. Lord. Move mightily, Lord. Thank you, Father, for you will even do more than we have asked for. Yes, for right. in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Like I said, this lady prays with authority. <laughs> She'll call me up sometime on the phone and she says, I just want to pray for you. And man, she, she, just, she, she, she brings it down. She brings it down. So Paul was commissioned to preach the, the word of God, to, to bring the word of God in its fullness to the Colossians. And, and at the heart of that, uh, bringing the word of God in fullness, was this mystery that had been kept hidden for ages and ages, ages and generations, uh, but is now revealed. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's glorious riches that are included in this revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're going to be unpacking those glorious riches here for the next uh, couple of weeks. I can't go into all the reasons why I think this mystery was hidden for ages and generations. Uh, but I'll just say this, that uh, part of the reason was I, I think human beings just weren't ready for this revelation uh, until the time when Christ came. God was preparing uh, humanity for this. That's what he was doing throughout the whole Old Testament. But part of the reason why it was kept hidden uh, has to do with, with uh, spiritual warfare. This is a military strategy, I believe. Uh, most scholars agree that the reason Paul makes this interesting distinction between ages and generations, he says that this mystery was kept hidden for ages and generations. And the reason he makes that distinction, most scholars agree, is because he's talking about two different histories here. On the one hand, uh, there's... Uh, the ages, which, which pertain to the principalities and powers, uh, the, the, the angelic realm. And the generations apply to human beings, the history of human beings. And so what Paul is saying when he says that this mystery was kept hidden uh, for ages and generations is he's saying it was kept secret from everybody. Kept secret from everybody. Angels and human beings. Um, and that was, a, I believe, a, a military strategy because we know in the New Testament that one of the reasons why the cross and the resurrection defeated the principalities and powers is because they didn't know about God's hidden plan. Paul brings this up in several places. They didn't know about the secret wisdom. They didn't know what God was up to. And so they helped orchestrate the crucifixion, which of course backfired, and that is exactly how they were defeated. And so it was kept secret. It was a, a military strategy. But in any case, it's now revealed. It's now revealed that God became a human being, died and rose again, and that now in the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to dwell in us and move through us. And so we see in this passage, that it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. And Paul says, I want to present you in Christ. So we're, 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 Christ is in us and we are in Christ. And this is all the hope of glory, the glorious riches of uh, this revelation that is now revealed. I want to get at one aspect of this uh, this morning. And to get at it, I want us to think about this simple question. I just now uh, hugged Toke. Why? Uh, why do we hug? Think about that. I, I, when I see my wife, if we haven't seen each other for an hour or two, we generally hug each other. Uh, why? Um, I, whenever I see my kids, 
um, I give them a hug. When I ever see my grandkids, first thing that happens is they, they run over and, and they, you know, give grandpa a hug. And, and I pick them up and I squish them and bury my head in their neck and kiss them all over. Why do we do stuff like that? My friends, when they come over on Friday night, our small group gets together and, and we always hug one another. When they leave, we hug one another. We're, we're just kind of a hugging species. I even hug my dog for crying out loud. I mean, in the morning, I'll sometimes maul it out of the thing. I just, and he grunts and groans as I'm giving scratches all over the place. And uh, uh, I don't think he particularly likes the hug. He never returns it, but I think he likes the scratching. <laughs> but why do we do that? It's embracing. And I think what's behind it is this. There is in the human heart... Uh, when you love somebody, a yearning to, to embrace them, a yearning to, uh, to connect with them, a yearning to get on the inside of them, an ache in our heart uh, to share our life with them and to, to be united with them and to be known and to know them and, and to have a life where you're, you're sort of mutually indwelling one another. And I think that's expressed in our physical bodies through a hug. We're saying, I want you part of me. There's a yearning that says, I want you to be part of me. There's yearning for, for closeness. That's the hug symbolizes. Now, sometimes we hug just as sort of a custom now in, in, in the culture. But, but when it's done authentically out, out of a relationship, it expresses the yearning of our heart to be united, to have them a part of our life. And the reason I think we have that is because we're made in the image of the triune God, a God who is throughout all eternity himself uh, perfect love, perfect love relationship. We're made in the image of that God, where the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are forever hugging one another, if you will. And in the church tradition, this is expressed by this concept, and I talk about this about once a year because it's a beautiful concept. It's the term perichoresis, which means mutually indwelling. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have, throughout all eternity, been dwelling in one another. The, 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 the Father perfectly dwells in the Son, and the Son perfectly dwells in, in the Father, uh, this is how they're three in one, one God, but yet three persons. And the perfect love means that there's no separation there at all. They, they dwell, they exist inside of one another, perichoresis. They're eternally squishing each other, if you will. There, there's, there's a, uh, throughout all eternity, in, in, the, in the core of God's being, a, a yearning that is perpetually and simultaneously a yearning and, and, and satisfied. As they, the, the three persons of the Trinity dwell in one another. And we are, we are made in that, the image of that God. So there's an impulse towards perichoresis in each one of us. A yearning to be on the inside of one another, if you will. And, and the embrace, the embrace expresses that. Uh, the, the expresses our, our imago Dei, as it's called in the church tradition. Our, our being made in the image of God. See, in Christ, what's revealed, this is the glorious mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, but it's now revealed. It's revealed that we're created in the image of the God who is love, uh, and we're created with this yearning because we're made in, that, in the image of that God. And in Christ, it's revealed that God created us with that yearning because he wants to fill it. And we're created with this yearning because God wants to have a, a relationship with us that mirrors the love that he is. God wants to replicate himself towards us. He wants, he wants the way he dwells in us and for us to dwell in him, and he wants that to mirror and participate in the way he dwells within himself. He wants the, the, the closeness with us to mirror and participate in the closeness he has with himself. He wants the, the oneness of his own being to be mirrored and replicated in the union that he has with us. And he wants us to have this kind of relationship with, with one another. 
a relationship that mirrors the perfect love of the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what is meant in the Bible when it says that we're created for the glory of God. There was a lot of, a lot of funky thinking uh, around the concept of the glory of God, and I'll talk about that a little more next week. But, but what it really means is it, it's just the radiance of God's love. It's, it's the reflection of, of God's love, which is also the reflection of His holiness and also the reflection of His justice and reflection of everything else that He is because he's one, he's one God. But it's, it's the radiance of His love, and we're created to reflect that love, to glorify God. Everything is created for the glory of God, to put the, the beauty of God's love on display. No passage in Scripture captures this better than, than this prayer that Jesus prays just before he's arrested. It's in John 17. Listen to this prayer. It, it's so pregnant with meaning and power. Every word is. And so, so attend to this. Jesus says, Holy Spirit, help us to internalize this. My prayer is that all of them, he's praying for all who will, who will come to him now, all of them may be one, Father, just as just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. I've given them the glory that you gave me. Look at that. Same glory. That they may be one just as we are one. That their oneness would mirror our oneness. I in them and you in me. <laughs> so that they may be brought to complete unity. So the way we're brought to complete unity is by dwelling in their unity. Mm. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Same love. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Same love. That I myself may be in them. It's incredible. It's incredible. The glory of God. Jesus here is praying that our oneness would mirror and participate in the oneness of the triune God. And he's saying here that the same love, the exact same love that the Father has for the Son, uh, he has towards us. Uh, and the same love that, that God is throughout eternity is now turned towards us. Same love, not a derivative love or a secondary love or a watered-down love. The same love. And therefore, we participate in the same glory because the glory is simply the radiance of his beautiful love. And so our oneness is to reflect his oneness. Our glory is to reflect his glory, participate in his glory. And we do that by dwelling in him and him dwelling in us. This, folks, is the, the, the glorious riches of the mystery that have been kept hidden for ages and generations. Uh, the, 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 it's a little bit bizarre, but the picture I get as I uh, meditate on, on, on this prayer in John 17 is, is, is this. Uh, I, I, I think of uh, my, my daughter and son-in-law, Tim and Alicia, um, and, and they've adopted this beautiful child uh, into their home, Eden. Um, and they've just been, I, I learned yesterday, chosen by another mother to be adoptive parents. And it's just beautiful. And they have opened up the love of their family to now incorporate uh, this beautiful child. Uh, they have such a loving family, but they're saying, we want you on the inside of this. And, and so they just kind of embrace her. They, they, they sort of squish her. Um, and then the extended family embraces her and squishes her. I love to squish this, this, this little girl just to, you know, oh, I just bury my head in there and just love her to death. And, and so the family and the extended family say, we want you to be part of us and par to participate in the love and the joy of this family. And now Eden uh, is the recipient of that love, but not just a recipient, but the same love that unites this family is now incorporating her. Same love, not a different love. And, and so when we love her, we're loving one another. And when we love one another, we're loving her. It's the same love, the same act, the same union, the same beauty. It's just incorporating her into, into our life. And see, 
one aspect of the glorious riches of uh, this beautiful mystery that's been revealed, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is that this is what God wants to do with us. He, the, the, the triune God has opened himself up and said, will you come in? Uh, the triune God is, is, is revealing that there's an ache in the, in the heart of God, a yearning in the heart of God that wants to just squish us into his own being, to now share with us the oneness of his own being, to share with us the love of his own being and the glory of his own being and the joy of his own being and the beauty of his own being. This is the, the revelation that was hidden for ages and ages but is now revealed. There's an ache in the heart of God and the ache looks like Calvary. If you want to know what the ache looks like, it's Calvary. A yearning in the heart of God where, where God wants to just embrace us. Do you ever, do you ever love uh, to the point where it hurts? You know where you have this, you love someone so much it just hurts but in a good way. There's a, there's a yearning there. I sometimes, with Eden and, and others in, in our family, I, I, just, I just want to eat, I say, I want to eat you up. I just, want you, I just it hurts. This is in the heart of God, an ache where they want to share, the Father, Son, Spirit want to share themselves with us by incorporating us on the inside. This is a mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed. For ages and generations, from the principalities and powers, it was hidden, but now it was revealed. And, and for ages and generations, we, we thought, we thought, we thought the best we could hope for was, was sort of a long-distance relationship with God. For ages and generations throughout history, we've been oppressed by the principalities and powers. And, and uh, we've had jaded pictures of God. For ages and generations, we thought God was up there and we're down here. And for ages and generations, we thought that the best we could hope for was to sort of placate the gods, uh, to keep the gods from getting ticked off. For ages and generations, we thought that the best we could hope for was to sort of appease them by doing the rituals they want and obeying the rules that they want and fighting the battles that they want and, 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 and doing the religion that they want and, and to keep them at bay so they won't squish us and they won't, in a bad way, and they won't uh, send plagues and earthquakes and, and, and tornadoes and, and the like because that's what the gods do when they get angry. And so for ages and generations, we've been trying just to say, okay, how do we keep them from being angry? Ages and generations were oppressed by the powers. And you even get some of this in the Old Testament. Because while those authors are inspired, they didn't know the mystery. It was still hidden from them. They didn't see the full picture. They didn't know the true character of God. And so you sometimes get the impression, even in the Old Testament, that the best you can hold for is to sort of not, not get Yahweh mad by, by, by keeping the rules. But it was hidden. But now it's been revealed, praise God. Now is revealed the beauty of God's being. Now the mystery is revealed that God, in fact, is not up there. No, he's here. He's here. Praise God. Now the revelation has come that, that God has become one of us. Praise God. And, and he wants to now dwell in us. Now it's been revealed that God wants to incorporate us on the inside of his own being. Now is revealed the truth that God is not this temperamental God that we have to sort of tiptoe around on eggshells and just hope to appease uh, or that we have to relate to by, by having our relationship mediated by, by religion and, and by the rules and by the rituals and the sacrifices or whatever. No, now is revealed the truth that God himself has made the sacrifice. Praise God. Now is revealed the truth that God wants to open up his, the love of his own being and, and squish us. Squish us into the heart of God so that we become dance partners of the triune God and to share in the glory and the beauty and the grace of the triune God. God aches yearns to incorporate us on the inside and to make us part of his own love and own joy. And that ache looks like Calvary. Folks, this is the mystery. This is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, and uh, us in Christ, the hope of glory. And oh, what a glory it is. And, and oh, what a hope it is. It couldn't be more beautiful. The glorious riches of this glorious hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
means that right now, if you're surrendered to Christ, all that I just said is true of you right now. Now, even if you're not surrendered to Christ, it's true that God aches in love towards you, absolutely. He says that you don't benefit from it until you say yes to it. And God won't force you, because otherwise it wouldn't be genuine love. But right now, though we don't feel this way most of the time, we don't see it because we're still oppressed and we're still, it, our, our minds are still under the, the, the influence of the principles and powers. We're still jaded in a lot of ways. But what is true of us right now is that God is here. What's true of us right now is that, that we're enveloped in the love of God. We're, what's true of us right now is that we're being squished by God. Uh, what's true of us right now is that God is satisfying the yearning of his heart by embracing us. And, and incorporating us. We are, as it says in First Peter, participants of uh, the divine nature. That's true of us right now. What's true of us right now is that we could not be, you personally could not be more loved than you are this second. The perfect, unsurpassable love of God that, that God is throughout eternity burns towards you this very second. It's true of you right now. It's that the same love that the Father has towards the Son, He has towards you. And He wants to replicate that in your own being. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's true right now is that wherever you go, no hands or butts, uh, you, you are, you're enveloped in the love of God, and, and you're never alone. Never alone. As we sang a little bit earlier, uh, you are not forgotten, ever. No, not forgotten. You, you're, you're never left alone. God, Christ in you, it doesn't change from place to place and from season to season. And depending on ups and downs of your life, he's always there. I, you know, this week I've been waking up at 3 in the morning, almost all, every, I don't know what it is. I go to bed at midnight, wake up at 3 it's just the way it is. Um, and sometimes at 3 in the morning, it's, it, it feels very lonely. It, it, three, something about 3 o'clock in the morning, it, it's just the loneliest time for me. Uh, and um, yesterday morning, I was, I was awake and kind of feeling kind of alone. There's an ache in my heart. In fact, this, is, this kind of drove the message in this direction, 3 in the morning on Saturday. Where I, I then became, I, I reminded myself that, no, I'm not alone. I maybe feel alone, but what's true is that this room is filled. This room is crowded with God's presence, packed with God's presence. What's true the second is that God's love is burning towards me. What's true? I'm not alone. Christ is in me. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. I'm never alone. He's always there. In fact, what's true right now is I am being squished. I'm being squished. And as I just think about that and meditate on that, uh, it... it, it it, it just transforms you. It just transforms you. The question I, I have is this. Why is it so hard for us to believe that? Why is it so easy for us, for, for most of us, certainly for me, but to believe that uh, it's so easy that we insult God by refusing to give him the same level of love that we have? Think about it. I, I, I want to squish my grandkids. I love them. I yearn. And I want to just embrace them and bury myself in them and bury them in me. I love like that towards my grandkids and I can't imagine them doing anything that would change that. And yet when it comes to God, I, I, it's harder for me to believe that God has that love towards me. What, what, what is that? What's true is that the yearning, what's, the yearning I have for people I love in my life is nothing compared to God's yearning for me. In fact, compared to God, my love for the person, people I love most is, is like an anthill next to Mount Everest. My love compared to God's love is like, a, is like a, a grain of sand on a beach compared to the universe. 
The only reason I have this yearning is because I'm made in the image of God. And so, how can we question? How can we question that he wants to squish us? He's a squishing God. He's a squishing God. I want to end with this exercise. Um, just close your eyes for a moment. And imagine, imagine it was one of the people that you love most in your life. One of the people that you love most. Just as vividly as possible, think about them right now. And then think of how you express that to them. Picture yourself hugging them, squishing them. Maybe it's grandkids, maybe it's husband, wife, or friend, whatever. But you're embracing them, you're expressing your love. Okay, picture that in your mind as vividly as you can. And now, and Holy Spirit, help us with this. And now, can you picture God doing that with you? However you represent that, picture God doing that with you. But remember that your love towards that person is an anthill compared to Mount Everest, compared to God's love for you. Picture God squishing you right now. However you do that. I picture Jesus squishing me the way I squish Eden. His heart yearns, aches. I want you on the inside. Can you, can you, as Norm said earlier, can you receive it? Just receive it. Just receive it. Maybe there's parts of you that will say, that can't be true. It's too good to be true. Just gently set those sides apart and trust God's authority. Give God the credit of having a love that's at least equal to your love, but in fact, it infinitely surpasses it. And just imagine it. See it. Enjoy it. Receive it. Receive it. Yes. Receive it. This is, this is the center of the glorious riches of the hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You in Christ, the hope of glory. We're, incorporating, we're in Christ as we're incorporated into the family. And the same love that God is, we receive. And he wants to have us reflect, wants to dwell in us and us to dwell in him. The same way that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit dwell in one another. It just could not possibly, possibly be more beautiful. Could not be more beautiful. And folks, that, 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 that spiritual exercise right there, if you did that a hundred times a day for the rest of your life, it wouldn't be too much. Because this is the center of everything, where you just spend time drinking deeply of that truth. Because it is true right now. Not just in the future, it's true right now. And the source of all of our energy to do kingdom work, the source of all the compulsion to make the sacrifices that God calls us to make and to live in the direction that he calls us to live. That's, it's motivated by that. It's not done to, to try to get more love or to appease the gods or to impress God. No, it's done to express what is already true and what's already true. As you got a bear hug around you, you're being squished right now into the very being of God. And so spend time throughout the day just taking a moment to, to think about that. Remind yourself of that. The squishing God is squishing you. And just enjoy that. That is true. That is what is true. Regardless of what else is going on, you know, the center of all transformation is, is right there. This is the power that transforms, the power that motivates, the power that liberates, the power that sets us free. It's the center of everything. Praise God. What a beautiful God. What a glorious hope. What a wonderful Savior. What a glorious mystery that's now been revealed. We dance in the heart of the triune God. Amen. I would like to ask the prayer teams to come forward as I, as I close in prayer. And if you're here and have any need whatsoever, uh, I encourage you to uh, come and, 
and, and pray with these folks. I don't carry that burden out with you. Uh, and everything you share, of course, is kept in confidence. So, Fathers, we leave this place. Uh, Lord, we ask that you, Holy Spirit, be the a post-it note on our life that we can't remove that reminds us that we're in you and you're in us and we're in the heart of the triune God. God, help us to live life with that picture, with that knowledge. And Father, as we rest in your presence, help us to be transformed by that, revolutionized by that, and motivated by that to glorify you in every area of our life. As Norm said earlier, to, to just put your love on display in every area of our life to bring you glory, which is simply to shine with your shininess. In Jesus' name. And all of God's shining people said, God bless you guys. Go out and share that love with others. Amen.